news. Or we know that the gospel is something that we need to take great comfort, comfort in and consolation and courage because it is the Word of God. It has the power of God behind it to save our soul. And so we need to come to know the gospel well. We need to know what it is about, what the gospel truly means for us. And if we are going to be able to lead others to Christ, we need to know the gospel well. We need to first understand it, though, ourselves. And it's sad that there is some confusion about the gospel. We can't just boil the gospel down to just a few things. That's something that we've tried to reiterate throughout our study. It can't just be three, five, seven things. The gospel is much broader than that. And so we need to understand what the gospel is. And so this morning as we have been on this journey to understand the gospel, then we also want to notice something about Jesus Himself. And Jesus and what He said about the gospel. And if you would just remember where we have been in our study, we have tried to ask, what is the gospel with us? That's how we began this year, was asking, what is the gospel? And then we looked at how the gospel was spoken to Abraham before. That Paul makes that statement in the book of Galatians. And that the gospel is about God's promises. It's about His promise of salvation. It's about His promise to... Uh, redeem humanity. And that He was going to use Abraham as a point in which He would accomplish this. Then we looked at the book of Isaiah and how Isaiah the prophet revealed information about the Messiah and how the Christ would come. And the Messiah of God, He would be born of a virgin, He would become a king, He would die for the transgressions of His people as we read just a few moments ago in Isaiah 53. That's part of the true Gospel story. In the last month we looked at the birth of Jesus and how that was good news. And when we understand the Gospel, it is good news. It is good news that we are sharing with others. And those shepherds began to share what they heard with people. And now we want to look more closely at the life of Jesus because Jesus, He tells us that He came to preach the Gospel. In Luke chapter 4, in the text that we heard in our reading this morning, in Luke chapter 4, as He came into the synagogue at Nazareth where He had grown up, where these people, they knew Him. They had seen Him grow up before their very eyes. They later on would say, is this not Joseph's son? So they knew who Jesus was. This was not a stranger to them. But they are seeing Him through a unique lens from this point here in Luke chapter 4 whenever He comes to the synagogue and He reads from Isaiah chapter 61. And what Jesus is doing here, I think what Luke is doing as He is teaching us through about Jesus that Jesus is beginning His earthly ministry. And that His ministry is Gospel-centered. It's Gospel-focused. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to share good news. And so, as He picks up the scroll from Isaiah, and He reads, "...the Spirit of the Lord is upon me." He says, "...because He anointed me to preach the Gospel to the poor." 
that Jesus came and His mission, His life, was to preach the Gospel. And I don't think, I think there's no better summary. I don't think there is anything better that you could find in Scripture that would describe the ministry and the purpose of Jesus and what He came here to do in giving us the Gospel, in sharing with us the Gospel. Yet, it's going to obviously include His death. That's not to diminish His role to come here to die, but that is part of the Gospel. But He came here for the Gospel's sake. He came to live a Gospel-focused and Gospel-missioned life. And that is this text that He quotes from at the very outset of His earthly ministry. He comes and He makes it very clear that He was anointed by the Spirit of God. I'm quoting from Isaiah chapter 61. If you would turn there, in Isaiah chapter 61, Isaiah, as we will see, Jesus is quoting from here in Isaiah 61, and in the first couple of verses there, what Isaiah says concerning the, the Messiah, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of God to comfort all who mourn. Jesus sees that as symbolic of His entire purpose and His entire mission. And that's why He said to those folks in that synagogue in Nazareth, today this Scripture has been fulfilled. He was embracing that purpose and that mission. Yeah, earlier in the book of Isaiah in chapter 11, in Isaiah chapter 11, notice here in this messianic prophecy of Isaiah where he is speaking about the one that would come from the line of David and he actually refers to Jesse, David's father. He says in verse 1, "...then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse." and a branch from His roots will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on Him. And there is this association that the Spirit of the Lord was going to come upon Jesus. And He was going to rest upon the Messiah. That is very clear. And Jesus, He accepts this. And He is trying to show that He has been indeed anointed by the Spirit of God. If you would turn back with me to the New Testament, to the book of Luke and the Gospel of Luke. And what Luke is doing here, he is showing us that this is what Jesus was fulfilling. Jesus is fulfilling that expectation that the Spirit of the Lord would be upon Him because God anointed Jesus. Remember it just a chapter before in Luke chapter 3. In Luke the third chapter, and in verse 22, when Jesus went to John to be baptized by him, that the Spirit of the Lord came down and descended upon him as a dove. In Luke chapter 3, in verse 22, it says, And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came out of heaven. You are my beloved Son. In you I am well pleased. That the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus at this point. 
Well, we learn in the book of Acts by Luke, the author of the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 10, and in verse 38, he says in this sermon that Peter is preaching to Cornelius, Luke records here, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. That God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. We call Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. It's because that word Christos in the Greek, or for the Hebrew, Messiah, means anointed one. Jesus, after He was baptized, He comes into the synagogue and He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon Me. He is saying, I am the Messiah. I am the Christ. And Jesus is clear that this prophecy was about Him. When He says, today this has been fulfilled in your hearing. The Spirit of Yahweh is the Holy Spirit that came upon Jesus at His baptism. And that identified Jesus as the Son of God, the Christ. And after His baptism, earlier in Luke chapter 4, as He was going out into the wilderness to be tempted, it says in Luke chapter 4 and verse 1, Jesus full of the Holy Spirit. God had anointed Jesus with the Spirit, and due to this anointing, Jesus was beginning to embrace His mission. Going out and doing good and teaching and healing those who are afflicted. All of this as a demonstration as Peter said in Acts 10 and verse 38, for God was with him. This was all a demonstration that God was working through His beloved Son. Jesus came and He was embracing the mission as He had been anointed by the Spirit. And so He is recognizing that He is to go preach the Gospel. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, when Jesus quotes from Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon Me because, because He anointed Me to preach the Gospel to the poor. Jesus recognizes that He is to go preach the good news. He is supposed to share good news with those who need it. In the Gospel of Mark, in Mark chapter 1, I love how Mark describes what Jesus was doing in His preaching and in His ministry. If you were to sum up what Jesus did in just one singular verse, Mark does a pretty good job. In Mark chapter 1 and in verse 15, and in verse 14, let's begin there. Now after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the Gospel of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the Kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the Gospel. What we see is that preaching the Gospel, it's about sharing good news about a kingdom. It's sharing good news about a king. All of those things are rooted in Old Testament prophecy and Old Testament expectation. We also see that it's about a law. 
a kingdom and a king is going to have a law. It's going to have an invitation to become a citizen of this kingdom. That is all part of the Gospel message in which Jesus spoke about when He spoke with Cornelius in John, the third chapter. In John chapter 3, in the Gospel of John, in John chapter 3, and in verse 3, when Jesus was speaking with Nicodemus, He told him that unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And he repeated it again in verse 5. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That is what Jesus came to preach. He came to preach the Gospel of the kingdom, to declare the kingdom, to declare His kingship, to declare His law, to talk about this invitation of becoming a citizen and becoming a part of the kingdom. And as Mark shows us, the Gospel demands a response. It demands a response to become a part of it through repentance and belief, through faith. That is what the Messiah came to do. That is what Jesus came to accomplish. He came to preach this message. He embraced this mission to share the Gospel and to invite others to become part of it. When you think about Jesus and all His teachings and all His ministry, and as I was thinking about this sermon, I was thinking, how do you summarize all of the great teachings of Jesus? How do you summarize the Sermon on the Mount? We could spend a whole year or more probably talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Don't worry, I'm not going to do that. Or I could at least preach till midnight, but don't worry about that either. What... How do you summarize what Jesus came to do? And it's this. It's what He was saying in Luke chapter 4. That His mission was about the kingdom. It's about the Gospel. Jesus embraced that mission. And as He said in Luke chapter 4 and in verse 19, that He came to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. There may be some discussion about exactly what that is, but what most people tend to think is that the favorable year of the Lord is a reference to the year of Jubilee under the old covenant system in the law of Moses. That Every 50 years, the year of Jubilee would occur. When all debt and all enslavement, everything was just wiped away and cleared. And that is what perhaps Jesus is drawing on. He came to preach the Gospel to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And instead of debt and enslavement and captivity, 
being offered. Jesus came to bring freedom from sin. He came preaching a message of forgiveness. He came to give hope of eternal salvation. That being the true favorable year of the Lord. Jesus accepted and embraced His mission and He came to tell others about it. No wonder it could be described as the Gospel, as good news. And so as we might think about what does this Gospel entail, Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18 that He came to preach the Gospel. He has sent me to proclaim or to preach the Gospel to the poor. You think about Jesus' teachings about in the Sermon on the Mount about those who are poor in spirit. Jesus came to heal the blind. You think about what He says here. And He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. Much of what Jesus did, He went about healing people. He healed those who were blind. Bartimaeus is who I'm thinking about in Mark chapter 10. He healed blind men in Israel. He offered consolation to prisoners, as he says there in verse 11. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives. Remember when John was baptized, John the Immerser, and he was, he, he was arrested? He was in prison. And he sent a delegation of his followers to Jesus to ask Jesus, are you really the one? Are you really the Messiah? And it's interesting to see how Jesus responds. Because in Matthew chapter 11, in Matthew chapter 11, and in verse 4, Jesus answered and said to them, Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. He's drawing on this same imagery that Jesus is saying, This is what I came for. Jesus came to heal those who were oppressed by the devil, set free those who are oppressed, he says. Think about some of the healings and the exorcisms that Jesus Jesus did in Luke chapter 8. In Luke chapter 8 and in verse 30, whenever there was this man who had a legion of demons in him, Jesus healed that man. And it says in verse 36, those who had seen it reported to them how the man who was demon-possessed had been made well. Every category of people here you can see that Jesus approached and He dealt with and He brought relief. He brought freedom to them. He brought good news to them. That's part of the Gospel. But I would also contend that Jesus came to do more than just touch the lives 
of those with physical ailments. He came to do something eternal. Because performing these miracles indicated that Jesus had a mission to help people. But it also confirmed that His teachings could offer more than just physical healing and life. That He could offer spiritual hope and life. And so Jesus came to the poor. In Luke chapter 6, if you would turn over there with me. In Luke chapter 6, as Jesus was preaching, He gave the Beatitudes. In verse 20, Jesus said, In turning His his gaze toward His disciples, He began to say, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Jesus wasn't talking about how you have to get rid of all your earthly possessions and your, your money. He's talking about those who come to realize their deep spiritual need for Him. Jesus came to preach to those who had need. Those who were hungering and thirsting after righteousness. In chapter 14 of the Gospel of Luke, in Luke chapter 14, Jesus came as He is giving this parable, which fully harmonizes with His whole mission, the parable of the wedding feast. And in Luke chapter 14 and in verse 13, this invitation says, but when you give a reception, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, the outcasts of society. He says they need to be brought in. You invite them to come. In verse 15, when one of those who were reclining at the table with him heard this, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Jesus in the kingdom that He came to proclaim was about inviting anyone who had need. Anyone who would come and accept the invitation. And just a couple of chapters later, in chapter 16, we read about two men. One a rich man, another man named Lazarus. In Luke chapter 16 and in verse 20, it says, And a poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate, covered with sores, and longing to be fed with the crumbs which were falling, from the rich man's table. Besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And as I'm sure we are familiar with the story of the rich man and Lazarus here, they have two very different kinds of Outcomes. The rich man is in torment. It's the man who is poor and destitute, who was sick and had sores all over his body, and the dogs would come and lick him. He is the one who had hope in God. 
Jesus comes to give hope to the poor. Not just the economic poor, but those who come to realize their dependency upon God. And they humble themselves and they remove anything that would hinder that connection that they can have with God. You also see that Jesus came to release captives. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, it says that Jesus says that God had sent me to proclaim release to the captives. Captives are probably a reference to prisoners of war. You think about prisoners of war. Who are we engaged in a war with? That war has taken many captives. The war with Satan. The war with the devil. And in John the 8th chapter, think about Jesus' words in that context of the Gospel and what Jesus has said. In John chapter 8 and in verse 34, in John chapter 8 and verse 34, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. Jesus came to bring freedom, though. Because in verse 31, Jesus said, So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed Him, If you continue in My Word, then you are truly My disciples of Mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The truth of the Gospel is what brings freedom of forgiveness of our sins. It's why Jesus told His apostles in Luke chapter 24, in the Great Commission, in Luke's account, in Luke chapter 24 and in verse 27, that or uh, verse uh, 47 rather, that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in His name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And there in Acts chapter 2, when the apostles were proclaiming Jesus and His death and His resurrection and how He had been exalted to the right hand of God, and the people there asked, what shall we do? They said, repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Freedom, release from the prison of Satan. Jesus offered His life so that we could be freed. What a wonderful Gospel that Jesus came to preach. Those in sin are lost and blinded, as Jesus said that He came to preach the Gospel, to preach recovery of sight to the blind. Those in sin are lost. They are blind. They have no guidance. They don't know to follow what is right, what is good, because they can't see it. They can't discern it. Remember what the Apostle Paul said in Acts chapter 26 and verse 18 as he was describing the gospel that he was defending, that he was on trial for. He said that Jesus called him to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion 
of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in Me. The Gospel is what gives sight to those who are in darkness, to those who are blinded. The Gospel can reverse the effects of spiritual blindness. It can show us the light. It can free us from the dominion of Satan. It can allow us to see the way to God. We can see freedom for those who are oppressed. Jesus came to bring freedom to the oppressed, those who are oppressed by the devil and his demons. Notice in Acts chapter 10, when Peter, as he's preaching to Cornelius, he says, You know of Jesus of Nazareth how God anointed Him with the Holy Spirit and with power and how He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Probably a reference to those who were possessed by demons. But Jesus came to bring freedom to those who were oppressed by Satan. While we may not be demon-possessed, it is very clear as you read in Scripture that this world is under the control of Satan. In the book of Ephesians, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2, how we were dead in our trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that now is working in the sons of disobedience. Jesus Himself calls Satan the ruler of this world in John the 12th chapter, just before Jesus was going to die, as He was recognizing and, and grappling with His destiny to go to the cross and the reason why he was going to go to the cross he says in verse 31 of John the 12th chapter now judgment is upon this world now the ruler of this world will be cast out that Jesus went to the cross and he died so that he could destroy Satan so that he could Destroy the shackles of sin that Satan uses to hold us. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, the Apostle John said, The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. That is why Jesus came to preach the Gospel. He came to share that message. To bring about redemption, salvation, forgiveness, where we no longer have to be held captive by the works and the power of Satan. 
As you think about Jesus and His mission, He came to preach the message to share with all people. We sing the song and we say that the Gospel is for all. The Gospel is to be shared with all people. That's what Jesus is trying to get across. That all people have been brought under the power and the dominion of Satan. He is the ruler of this world. He needs to be destroyed. As we come to see throughout our study, we're going to recognize that the Gospel is to be taught by all disciples. In Matthew chapter 28, when Jesus gives the Great Commission, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. The Gospel is for all. It's to be taught by all disciples. So therefore, the Gospel truly is for all. Jesus expects His disciples to preach the Gospel and share it just as He embraced the mission. Jesus is not asking us to do something that He Himself was unwilling to do. He embraced this mission And He is asking us to undertake the same mission. We are to share the kingdom of God with others, to those who are in need, to those who are lost and who need God, those who are oppressed by sin and Satan. The Gospel brings complete forgiveness and salvation. It's nothing that we should be ashamed of. This morning, if you're not a child of God, the Gospel is for you. Jesus came so that you could be freed from the bondage and the captivity of sin. Whatever that sin might be that is holding you back, keeping you from serving God, keeping you from a right relationship with the Lord, Jesus came preaching good news. Salvation is possible. This morning, if you are not yet a child of God, we want you to become a Christian. The water is prepared and you can come in faith believing that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died for you and was raised and exalted to the right hand of God and that He brings salvation. Jesus will save you. If you would come to Him and be baptized, you can have your sins washed away. Maybe it is that you have made that choice and that commitment to follow Christ and you have been baptized but you've not been living faithfully you've gone back to the power of Satan you've gone back to the oppression that the devil has will you come back the gospel is for you too Jesus is full of mercy his sacrifice and his blood can cleanse you again if you would come repenting and seeking God's mercy and forgiveness. If we can help you in some way, would you come now as we stand and as we sing?